the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously as he will give you everything you need. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, our theme verse for the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. This week, June 12th, Brookwood Kids led an adventure week-style worship experience with Brookwood Kids band and dancers. Children's grades, first through eighth, have joined their families for worship in the auditorium. Today's message is titled, Focus. If Christ is our focus, we must be able to focus on the way in which He focused. But there are also things that try to steal our focus, like video games and phones, achievements and trophies. Here's Associate Pastor J.C. Thompson as he brings this message to Brookwood Kids as Adventure Week starts. Good morning. Now, let me just tell you, just to start off, even for you folks online, 9 o'clock was raring this morning. And if you don't know this, when a preacher has a crowd that's raring, it's good. It's good. So I need your help, okay? Kids, can I get your help this morning? Okay, come on. Older people, are you still out there? Good, good. Some of you are like, I'm not sure where I fit in. When do I yell? Um, But man, I'm so glad. I I just want to paint a picture for you real quick of why Adventure Week is so cool. Um, Almost everyone up on this stage, especially during worship, but even right now, if you look behind cameras, I remember them as small children uh, when they were in first, second, third grade, and they are up here serving. Now, it's cool for two reasons. I I want you to just know it's, it's cool for two reasons. One, because these young adults, these teenagers, they're pumped for Adventure Week because they know the difference that it made in their own life when they were a kid. But it's also cool because your kids, your kids are going to see these teenagers, young adults participating, serving. And while we don't say this to them, they know because of the example in front of them that like when we get older, we just have to serve. Like that's just what we do here at Brookwood. Adults, I think you need to know that this is what's happening because one of the things that we hear all the time, especially from older people, is that the world is after our young people. That's been the case since the beginning of time. But at Brookwood, you get a small picture during Adventure Week of kids who've been impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't, it's not just something that they say or they label themselves as. It truly is impacting all of their life including how they give up a week of their summer. Now, I don't don't know if you guys remember back when you were in college and it's summertime. I don't know if spending a week at your church serving young people that you don't even know their names was a part of your priority list, but at our church it is. And so I'm proud of you and your efforts at supporting these young people. I'm proud of these young people. And man, I'm pumped this week because we're going to share the gospel with these kids and we're going to pray that their lives are forever altered. Now today, and this has been strategic, you've heard the same word a bunch of times, right? Now in adult world, that's rare. In fact, we probably should do that more. But in kids and students, repetition is one of the main ways that we teach. And so you've been hearing this word today. That word is focus. Everybody say that with me. Focus. Now I'm using this definition today as we're talking about this, this idea, and it is the verb form of focus, and it just means this, to pay particular attention to, to pay particular attention to. Now, in our world, when we read through the Scriptures, the Scriptures talk about focus and attention in a couple different ways. They talk about setting your mind on something. They also talk about fixing your eyes. 
placing your eyes somewhere. So in the Scriptures, our eyes, our mind, our heart, our ears, they're all connected, but it means that we are placing our attention somewhere. Now, in today's world, this is a huge, huge thing. Companies pay billions of dollars to figure out how your attention works. They do. In fact, a few years ago, Netflix named their number one competitor. Do you know what it was? It was sleep. It wasn't another streaming platform. It wasn't some traditional media. It was your sleep was their main competitor. Companies everywhere are paying a lot of money so that you will pay attention to them. And God has called us to give Him our attention, to give Him our focus. And so today, I just want to give you a couple things. Adults, you're in here. Some of you are like, your eyes are wide open, right? You're like, what in the world have I walked into today? You're wondering, is there anything for me? Am I too old for this? And no, you're not, okay? But I am telling you today, you're going to hear something that you're going, man, young people need to hear this. But don't miss out on, you need to hear this. And so when we want to place our focus somewhere, in order to focus on Christ, we must do two things. The first thing is this, we must keep our eyes on the prize. Keep our eyes on the prize. Say that with me. Keep my eyes on the prize. Come on, guys. Come on. Adults, I see y'all. I'll repeat this. All right, let's do it again. Keep my eyes on the prize. Thank you. This is so much better. That's good. Okay. Now, here's the deal. We all love prizes, okay? In fact, I played in a pickleball tournament yesterday, and I felt awesome when I got to stand on the podium and get my second place medal, okay? I felt great about it. In fact, when I went home, proudly wearing my medal inside my house as the boys were waiting on where did daddy place, one of my children, who I will not name, said, dad, I'm so proud of you. Way to go. You did such a good job. And my other child said, dad, why didn't you win first place? Uh, <laughs> And no matter if that child thought that prize was important or not, I did. But really the most important prize was me and my partner, Kevin. We placed better than our friends who we work with and talk to all the time, and we will never let them forget the fact that we placed ahead of them. And neither should you uh, if you see them, okay? But here's the reality. When it comes to these prizes, see, there is a prize that's worth any, more than any prize we could ever think of more than winning the lottery, more than getting the job or the home of our dreams, more than even marrying the person that we never thought would even pay attention to us. See, Christ is our true prize. And he's the most magnificent, incredible, wonderful, amazing prize that we could ever have. And he offers it himself to everyone. And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to win him. He's just giving himself to you freely. But how do we keep our eyes there? Well, Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 3. Check this out. He says it this way. He says, so if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, this can be a challenging thing. If you talk to kids, especially younger kids, they're concrete thinkers. So when you say things like set your mind on things above, they're going like the sky, planes, like what are we talking about here? How do we place our eyes and our sight on things that are invisible? 
Well, that's a good question. That's why we talked about earlier how the Bible talks about our minds and our focus being in the same place, right? Where we see, where we set our eyes, the goals that we have, that's how we place it. And Paul is challenging us there to do two things. One, he's saying this, if you've been raised with Christ, live like a Christian. I mean, it really is that simple. Just make your mind up. If you're a Christian, be a Christian. If God's changed your life, live in that reality. Don't waffle back and forth, you know, one day I'm like this, one day I'm like this, with this group of people I'm like this, with this group of people I'm like this. No, if you are a follower of Christ, if you've been raised with Christ, then be a Christian. Decide today, I'm only going to live as a Christian. I'm going to talk like a Christian. I'm going listen, to listen to Christian things. I'm going to spend my time doing the things that a Christian would do. That's what I'm going to do. Set that as your priority. The other thing that he wants us to see is this. He wants us to see that if Christ is our focus, we have got to focus on the things that Christ focused on. We've got to set our minds on the thing that Jesus set his mind on. If that's what being a Christian means, being like Christ, then we need to do the things that Christ would do. I mean, that just makes sense. So I just want to give a couple examples today of three things that I think are worthy worth investing your time into because they help keep you focused. Thing number one is this, the scriptures. You know, I say this in baptism class with kids. I say, hey kids, if there's one person in the whole world that didn't need to be baptized, who would it be? Jesus. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He was one with God. He obeyed God perfectly. He didn't need to do that. He did that for us. He did that as a model. He did that as an example for us. Well, if there's one person who didn't need to spend time in the Scriptures, guess who that was? Jesus. Are you all awake out there? Perry asks questions, and he just stops in the middle and waits till you answer them. I'm just making sure we're okay, okay? Jesus probably didn't need the Scriptures. Why? Because he had this connection relationship with God. And yet, that's where his time was invested in. Multiple times throughout the Scripture, when you see him get away, He's focusing on those things that he remembers in his training as a boy. And if you don't remember that, Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and a stature and favor with God and man. Scriptures were a part of that training. As a Jewish boy, he would have been trained in memorizing the Scriptures. And so that's what Jesus did. He invested himself in that. Here's one question. Young, old, almost retired, way past retirement, not even sure what retirement means. If we only looked at how much time you focus on the Scriptures, nothing else, not church attendance, not how many conversations you had with other people about Jesus, but only the amount of time that you spent in the Scriptures, where would you say your focus is? Would you say it would be strong, or would you say it needs some help? This is the tool that God gave us to know Him. And if we're a Christian... We should be focused on the Christian scriptures. But oftentimes we struggle because so many things want our attention. Here's another thing. People. God gave us people. You know, kids, for you, he gave you a family. He gave you a school to go to, a neighborhood to live in. And they love you. Moms and dads. God gave you kids. Now, I want to just help all of us real quick. Jesus had an important thing to do. Would everyone agree with that? A very important mission here on earth. Would you agree? Yes. Would you agree? Yes. Okay, that's better. Okay, 
Now I can move forward. Thank you, children. We're struggling out here, guys. Kids, I need you. I need you to help, okay? So Jesus had an important mission and a job. And you would think he would recruit the best of the best. You would think he would look at all the theological scholars out there. You'd think he'd look at the most caring individuals, the ones who maybe had the most people skills. You'd think he'd recruit all those to complete his important mission. But he didn't do that. In fact, it's almost as if Jesus just picked up these guys who didn't know anything. It's almost like he did that on purpose. In fact, this summer, Josh and I, the series that we'll be teaching on will be about Jesus specifically with his interactions with the disciples and how these were ordinary people. There wasn't literally nothing special about them. So that should be encouraging to us as we have these people in our life, our family, our kids that drive us insane. Just read about Peter and go, well, Jesus spent a lot of time with him. Like, Peter, like Jesus was okay with Peter. Peter said some stupid things, guys. Very dumb, very bad, okay? And you go, please don't do that. Please don't do that, Peter. And yet, Jesus kept giving him responsibility, kept giving him things. It's because Jesus loved people. And oftentimes, we're so concerned with the people in our life, either the people that we don't know, we want them to like us, and the people that we do know, we try and find ways to get away from them. Jesus didn't do that. Here's a question for you, young people in here. Bad company corrupts good character is biblical. If we just looked at your friends, you think you'd be closer to Christ or further away? Adults, I'm coming to you. If we just looked at the people that you spend the most time with or the people that you pay the most attention to, would you say you're further, deeper in connection with Christ or you're further away? Third thing is this, and I tried to pick a picture of a home that I didn't think we could find in Greenville anywhere. That way I wasn't picking on anybody in particular, but check this out. This is a castle. I don't think that's in Greenville. Um, When Jesus came, he came to work on his own kingdom. He ushered it in. He was doing things that God had originally meant for all of us to participate in. And yet, when he came, it was shocking to the system of the people who had been uh, living life in a particular way. But he came to do his thing. He came to work on the kingdom of God. And if we are going to focus on Christ, we need to focus on the work that Christ was participating in, which was the kingdom. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6. He said, if you'll seek God's kingdom first, all the things will be added to you. Now, kids, not all the things you want, but all the things you need. If you're in here and you're thinking, well, I can't really volunteer because I don't have time, God will give you time if you seek his kingdom. Well, JC, that's ridiculous. He can't give you more time than what's in a day. Actually, that's not true. He can. I don't know how. He made the sun stand still one day. He literally clothed the earth in darkness to mourn the death of his own son one time. You don't think he can give you more time? Absolutely he can. Well, JC, I don't really have the skills to serve in the kingdom of God. I don't know what to do. God will give you the skills if you seek his kingdom first. He'll tell you what to do. He'll show you what to do. He'll put you beside somebody who knows what to do. Well, JC, I don't have the words to share Christ with my non-believing friends. Well, let me just tell you, if you seek his kingdom, he'll give you the words. 
You know, I had someone who's a new believer in Christ because there's a neighborhood right now who is just focused on praying for their neighborhood and sharing Christ with the people in their neighborhood, and one of those folks has come to Christ. I saw her this morning with her neighbor who's been praying for her and sharing the gospel with her. And she said, you know, JC, I'm older. I've got MS. Where do you think I should serve? Where do you think I should serve? She said, I can probably find something online. I said, no, 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 I don't want you to do that. I want you to pray and ask God to show you the opportunity to serve. See, we're so concerned with methodology and information that we don't even trust God sometimes to say, God, show me what to do. I'm open to whatever you have for me. Just show me what to do. And you know what she said? What a wonderful idea. I'm going to pray that today. A new believer willing to see where God has for her. I'm so pumped for that. Can I tell you something? We have kids today, young, I should say young adults today, overseas doing mission work who I remember as small children at Adventure Week. They are praying for the kids at Adventure Week right now. And God's changed their whole life. And you look at them and you're scared to death for what's going on, where they're at. They're not in a safe place over there. They're in a very dangerous place, hostile to the gospel. But if you were to talk to them, all they would say to you is, I have everything I need. God is so, so good. And he's the prize that is worthy of everyone's time and attention. But it's not just about where we place our focus. We've got to be aware that there are things trying to steal our focus. So not only do we need to keep our eyes on the prize, but we need to keep our eyes off of the pointless. Keep our eyes off of the pointless. Now, the verse I'm about to read for you is a terrifying verse for our culture. It's terrifying. It should be terrifying to children. It should be terrifying to teenagers. It should be terrifying to adults, young and old. So when I read it, don't try and shift the blame onto somebody else. Take what you're about to hear, okay? Psalm 119, 37. By the way, this is the longest chapter in the Bible, and do you know what it's about? The worthiness of the Bible, the worthiness of God's Word, the worthiness of His speech to us. And here's what it says. Turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. I'm going to say that again because I didn't feel enough angst from you. Turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Parents, adults, kids, how many things did you look at this week that are truly worthy of your attention? I'm going to say that again. How many things did you look at this week that are worthy of your attention? Your kids, your family, the people in your neighborhood, they're worthy of your attention because God made them. They have value. No matter how weird they are, some of those things you watch on TV or spend your time researching or trying to figure out, worthless, worthless. You know, the scriptures teach us that when we get to the end of life and we face God, everything else will burn up except for us and God, all of it. Are you spending your time focusing on the good things, the prize-worthy things, the things that Christ would say are of value, or are you focusing on worthless things? Here's three things that I think are particular to our culture, and they're for different age groups, but I want you to just stick with me, okay? Here's the first one. 
I tried to pick one out. This is video games, guys, video games. I tried to pick one out. I don't think there's any more Angry Birds addicts out there. I don't want to get too all up in your stuff, okay? A couple of you, okay? I don't want to get too up in your stuff. Like, I don't want to put pictures of certain things up here because y'all would have been like, ugh. And your mom or your dad or your, your spouse or your friend would be like, that is you, okay? So I thought this was pretty safe. Learned after the first service, not as safe as I thought, okay? But video games. I want to speak to the men in this room real quick, okay? This is a unique challenge to men, and here's why. I think men were designed to build and to win. That's why I think men were designed. Video games give you an opportunity to do that. It's why our young boys who are told not to pick teams in school and not to get a trophy for their actual result, it's why they try to find ways where they can win something. Because it's innate in us to build and pursue and do those things. Now, that doesn't mean that women don't do that. You absolutely do build and pursue. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that companies spend billions of dollars to figure out how to get boys. And it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's unique. The question is, how many of these trophies, things that you win in these things are worth anything? And it's not. Can you learn something profitable in video games? Yeah, you can. Problem solving, you can learn how to communicate, you can do a lot of those things. But video games also lead to mood swings. They lead to, lead to things like aggressive, aggressive behavior, anger, lethargic behavior, not things we want in our young men. Now, am I saying to you, if you play video games, you're the worst? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying it's a unique temptation to our culture. Not every culture is struggling with this at all, okay? This is ours. This is something we need to think about and look at. Here's another thing. Ladies, I'm coming after you, but really everyone, okay? The phone. The phone. I used to think that these technologies were neutral, it's what you make of them. It's just a tool, and you can use it for destructive things or you can use it for, for, for profitable things. Now, I want to be clear, uh, I don't think that anymore. I don't think these are neutral. I think they are designed by companies trying to steal your attention away. They spent billions of dollars figuring out that that little bubble at the bottom should be red so that you feel anxiety and click it just because you feel a little more anxious that there's a number right there billions of dollars on doing that, okay? Billions to figure out, I need to make you just a little bit nervous that you're going to miss out on something. And for adults, we kind of have some filters built in to help us with those things. Teenagers, they don't. Biologically, they don't. They don't know how to regulate yet. And it's dangerous. I used to think it was neutral. I don't think that anymore. I think they're dangerous, okay? Now, does that mean you can't do something good with them? No, it doesn't mean that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's dangerous. Now, here's the deal. Here's why I think it's dangerous, even if you're kind of on pro side of this technology. Here's some things I want to tell you. You ever been in a tough project where you're trying to really figure out an answer to a solution to something, you need work, and you're getting to this place, and you just need to find the answer, and then right then, this happens? Or maybe you're having a wonderful conversation with people that you love and care about, like I'm having with you guys, and in the middle of that, this happens, 
Or maybe you're trying to have a family dinner once this week and you're trying to spend intentional time with people that you care about, but then your device does this. It's happening all the time and it's just trying to say, pay attention to me and not what you should be paying attention to. But it's not just the phone, guys. It's everywhere. You try and read an article about some news that's happening, and adults, you're trying to have this family time where you're discipling someone, trying to find a good devotional, and... Hey, hey, you want to get rich quick? Get out of here. (laughs) And it pulls at you. Or maybe you're at this place and you realize already, you know what? I know the phone's listening to me, but sometimes it's almost like the phone knows what I'm thinking. Oh, go, go, go. You weren't supposed to hear that. Actually, some of you were supposed to hear that. But the reality is, is these phones are grasping at you. These notifications, these alerts that we get, they always take more from you than they actually give. Always. Click the link for more information on AARP. Oh, that was rude. Go, go, go. <laughs> Listen, these things, they're not neutral. Even if you don't want to say they're at war with you for your attention, if you're like, Jason, that's a little extreme, okay? Uh, if you don't want to say that, you have to at least admit that they're a distraction. And those distractions... Hey, 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 call now, get more rewards to level up. Like in preaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 go, 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 go. <laughs> Although some of you may email me later and say, yeah, you need to take advantage of that deal, JC. <laughs> See, here's the deal. I think these things are neutral anymore. I think they want you. And I don't know that all of us have what it takes to resist them. Not only this, but there's some of you who this technology, you're like, yeah, get them, JC. Trophies. And when I say that, here's what I mean. You're more concerned about your kingdom than God's kingdom. You're more concerned about your new work project than the people who live in your neighborhood. You're more concerned about your stuff than God's stuff. See, here's the reality How much of your stuff is going to make it when you get to Judgment Day? None of it. Does that mean it's not enticing? Does that mean it won't satisfy? Does it mean any of those things? No. Does it mean those things can't be used for God's purposes? Doesn't mean that. But again, just like we know we have trouble resisting some of these alerts, you can have trouble resisting building your stuff, your kingdom. So here's what I want to ask you. See, here's the thing. Like, we think these things just all exist, but they're not existing in the same way. See, these things are at war. You have prized things, worthy things, things that can point you towards Christ, and you've got things that don't. All of us do. It doesn't matter what our age is. All of us have a struggle of where we place our focus. And so here's the question I've got that you need to think about today as you leave here. Where's your focus? Where's your focus? See, here's the reality. I love Adventure Week. I'm going to get to spend the next three days watching children literally sing their hearts out to Christ. And you can't watch that and be the same. It's impossible. Okay? 
So you just can't. So I know for the next three days, I'll be walking on clouds, right? It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to get to go to the water park on Thursday as we celebrate what God has done. I'm going to see kids literally running down slides as fast as humanly possible because they haven't learned to be risk averse yet. That's our job as parents to help them with that, right? And I'm going to love it. And you'd love it too if you were there. But even kids need the reminder that where they place their focus truly matters. And one of the ways that they learn that is from us. How are you showing your kids where their focus should be? If your kids only place their focus in the areas in which you place their focus, would they be closer to God or further away? Now, some of you, some of you in this room, you, you need to come today and you need to figure out, what do I do? What do I do? I've got to struggle here. I've got to struggle here. I don't, I don't know how to get out of this mess. I don't, I don't know how to shift my focus. We're going to have Care Connection volunteers down here and in the connection room. Please talk to them. Please share what's going on in your life so that they can guide you towards Christ and how to get out of that place. But for some of you, today, God may have spoke to you and said, I am worthy of your attention. You need to pay attention to me. You need to pay attention to my story. You need to pay attention to the fact that I sent my son to planet earth for you. And then he was raised from the dead to show you that what he says is true. If that's you, you can talk to our care volunteers as well. Man, I'm so pumped for this week. I pray, even if you're not participating this week, please pray for our young people. Please, please pray, pray for our volunteers. We'll be running around with little kids and you know that's exhausting. Okay, so be praying for them. Be praying for our staff. And man, let's pray that God just turns some people's lives upside down through this week, okay? Will y'all pray that with me? All right, let's pray. God, we love you so much. You are so worthy of our attention. So God, I pray. I pray that you'll show us areas that we need to stop focusing on and start focusing on you. If there's someone online today who's listening to this message and thinking to themselves, my focus is not right. God, I pray that you'll connect them with somebody online today, one of our pastors there. And I pray, God, I pray that you'll change their life. God, I pray this week is incredible and amazing. I pray that it doesn't rain. I pray that it's not too hot. I pray that you'll just cover this whole place in your shade and that we experience what only we can experience because of you. It's in the name of Christ we pray these things and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast and bringing about change. God works from the inside out by the power of his spirit. This week, set aside a substantial amount of time. Let's say 30 minutes for prayer. Ask God to work in your life in a new and powerful way. Focus your attention on Him. Make no demands and let go of what you think it's supposed to look like. Open your heart to God and ask Him to continue changing the way you think and live. In our next episode, we'll be spending time reflecting on the fatherhood of God. To prepare, read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11-12. through 12. At Brookwood, we want to help you pursue a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience a transformed life. One way you can do this is by getting connected at Brookwood. Email us, connections at brookwoodchurch.org. 
or call 864-688-8326 to speak to someone on our connections team. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review so that others can discover how they can have a transformed life in Christ. Thanks for listening and have a great week.